anybody need a paper this evening? Or did we get everybody get one out? Judges chapter 8. We're going to use a few verses, that verses 4 through 9 together. And we're going to jump and use 13 through 17 together. Uh, this is taking place after uh, the children of Israel. Uh, we talked about last week, last Wednesday night, the jealousy of, uh, of Ephraim where they caused a big fuss there and uh, was upset and they chided, with, they chided very sharply against Gideon. Uh, they caused division, and uh, but now we're into the next subject. And uh, Sunday we use verse number four as a as a springboard into a message of uh, faint yet pursuing. We're going to read that verse tonight. We're going to throw it into tonight's lesson, and then we're going to move forward. But this is a refusal, if you will, on the on the lesson tonight. The refusal to help. And uh, if you will, on the title. But let's grab, you got your Bible or you, maybe you got your paper. That's fine too. I don't know if all the verses are on there or not. But let's read verses number four through nine. And then we'll, get, we'll jump in there and then we'll read the rest of them in just a minute. The Bible says, And Gideon came to Jordan and passed over. He and the 300 men that were there with him, uh, faint yet pursuing them. And he, saith, he said unto the men of Succoth, uh, Give, I pray you, loaves of bread unto the people that follow me, for they be faint, and I am pursuing after Zeba and Solomon, uh, kings of Midian. And the princes of Succoth said, Are the hands of Zeba and Solomon now in thine hand? That we should give you bread, give bread unto thine enemy, that army, I'm sorry. And Gideon said, Therefore, when the Lord hath delivered Zeba and Zalmanan into thine hand, then I will tear your flesh with the thorns of the wilderness. Come on. And with the briars. Verse number 8. And he went up thence to Penuel and spake unto them likewise. And the men of Penuel answered him as the men of Succoth had answered him. Verse 9. And he spake also unto the men of Penuel, saying, When I come again in peace, I will break down this tower. Now, I want you to think about this for just a moment, that the, the children of Israel, these 300 men, they were faint as we talked about Sunday, they were faint yet pursuing. They, were, they, they needed substance. They needed sustenance to make it to the next battle, to, to win the next thing. And they come to the city of Succoth, and they come to the city of Penuel, and these were Israelite cities. These were people of like faith, people of like-minded, if you will. And what did they tell them? No, we will not give you bread. We will not give you bread. Can you imagine the army coming to your house, Brother Blackie, the United States Army with 300 men coming to the men of Nederland and say, or Port Arthur, wherever, and he, or Groves, right? He comes to the city, Port Natchez. He says, we need some bread for these 300 men for the army. We're chasing the enemy. We've been chasing them all night. We need some bread. Nope. We can't help you. What in the world? Why would these men choose not to help Gideon? What is the reason? Number one is, is the reason why. Why is the reason for the refusal? 
Why refuse help? If you, in this position, they were in a position where they, I don't know, maybe they couldn't have helped. But it's hard for me to imagine that they couldn't have helped a little bit. But they were in a position, but they chose not to help. Why? Why would they choose not to help someone that needed food? Yes, sir. I, I believe 100% they were scared of the Midianites. They were scared of I, those two names that I can't hardly pronounce. They were scared of them, that they were going to come back through and maybe they found out that they were helping God's people. They were going to come back and wipe them off the face of the map. I don't know if they were scared. Uh, I, my personal opinion, I feel like they were scared. They were simply scared. And that's a, that's a big reason why they wouldn't help. But if, if God's people need help, should we help them? So if they need bread, send them away. Yeah, get out of here. Now, right? Now, there are people that, especially in today's society, there's people that beg for bread. They don't need bread. Yeah, right. And it has really made our jobs hard trying to be a discerner of someone who's being, uh, someone who's being real and someone who's not being real. You know, because there are, there are so many people uh, dressed up uh, in, in, wolves, in sheep's clothing, but they're wolves, you know, and they just want to do some damage. But ultimately, if, if, if somebody needs help, what should our, what would, what, what would be the right response? What do you think the right response would be? Help them, set in a service, do something for them, right? <clears throat> To the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not, we're not going to, we cannot go above our beyond, beyond our means to be able to help somebody. I mean, because if we leave ourselves where we don't have any means left, then where, how can we help the next person that comes down the road? And so as we look at this, these children of Israel, these were Israelites, these were, these were neighbors, these were, uh, they were not foes to Gideon. They were, they, they should have helped them. I, I don't understand uh, why they just completely turn them away. I understand that sometimes you're in a position where you cannot always help. You know, and that, and that puts us, sometimes you're in a position, you can't always help everybody. Uh, you know, you go driving and we get phone calls all, all the time, week after week. I mean, every week we get phone calls, asking, people asking for help. We cannot help every single person that calls. But ultimately, is there a reason to help them? Yeah. Hmm. It's just interesting that they just completely refused to help them. Why? They were scared of the enemy. They were scared of the Midianites. What else do you think? I mean, what else would be another reason why they wouldn't help? What else would be another reason not to help people? Because you don't want to. Because you don't want to. Get out of here. Selfish. Man, this is mine. I ain't sharing with you. It's just some bread. Selfishness. Selfishness causes people not to be givers. Generosity comes from a place of, of, of non-selfishness. If you're selfish, you're not going to be generous. No. 
It's mine. I ain't sharing none of it. Yeah, I mean, you've had, you've had kids, you've raised kids. You know what it's like when, when one has a bite of something, they want to share the bite with someone else. They get the big bite and give their brother or sister the small bite, right? Give them a shit. That's right. That's right. But sometimes as adults, we even do that, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, I mean, as I said, you know, we can't help every single person, but we, who can we help? Who should we help? What's our reason for not helping? What's our reason for not helping? Uh, the reason they were, they just simply didn't want to. They were selfish. They were scared of the enemy. What else? What else? Why else would it be another reason why you wouldn't help? Maybe they didn't have anything. Maybe they didn't. Maybe simply they didn't have anything to do. Wait, wait, wait just a minute. They didn't like them. They didn't like them. Well, I would venture to say that Gideon would not reprimand him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. So apparently the man had means to help him and mm-hmm. everything, and he didn't want to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Selfishness. There was more the other people than the Gideon had. Mm-hmm. And he was scared of the most people. Mm-hmm. Well, and, 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 and I understand the idea that maybe, maybe that they didn't have anything. But as Brother Blackie said, you know, they, that Gideon immediately came back with, no, 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 listen, you're going to pay for that then. <laughs> I'm going to whoop you with briars. <laughs> now, look, I ain't never been whooped with no briars before, but I've walked through some briar patches, okay? <laughs> I can't imagine getting whooped with them. i tear your hide up. Mm. But, um, you know, look, why, 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 why not give? And, you know, just, and, and just if we're honest with ourselves, a lot of times people don't give in the offering because they're that way. Well, I ain't giving that. That belongs to me. That's my money. I ain't giving that. There ain't no way I'm dropping that in the plate. And, and they become selfish about the money that they have. But ultimately, we, well, the Bible says that God owns it all. He owns the cattle on the He's thousand hills. Yes, yes. He, he has, yeah, that's right, uh, uh, try God. Uh, uh, you know, um, but uh, all that money and the gold, it all belongs to God anyways. In Malachi chapter number 3, it talks about the, the uh, if we give, I, I, I'm not going to quote it right, but if we give, he'll pour out blessings that we can't even bestow. I mean, there's so much to... To have if we don't. And it also says, tr- prove God. Sometimes people maybe struggle to give in the offering or struggle to tithe. Uh, he says, prove me. If you prove God, he'll, he'll come through for you. But if we don't give like we're supposed to give, he'll take it. I have, fa- I have found that to be true. Absolutely. I have found that to be true. If, if Trenton doesn't give like he's supposed to give, God will take it out. He'll take that money that I was supposed to put in that plate. Yeah, that's right. I, I've been there. I thought, man, I mean, I ain't got the money to tithe. 
Well, God says, okay, yeah, you do, because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that to you, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'll cause your car to break down. <laughs> be like, like, better be blessed than not blessed. <laughs> That's right. That's it's right. kind of like you have faith, well, like Peter, when Jesus was out in, in the water and he told him to come to him. Mm-hmm. Well, <clears throat> Peter could have just stepped out of the boat and tapped in the water with his foot, knowing it was water. Yeah. But he didn't do that. He got out of the boat and walked to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, as Christians, the Lord giveth, and it's our part to, to give it back. That's right. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And, I, and I think... Amen. Amen. By faith. It's doing it by faith. When you give that 10%, it is by faith. Now, now it's, uh, to be honest with you, now it's more of, man, it's, I, I don't even think about it. It's right. putting it in a plate and don't even think about it. But that generosity and that giving is more than just money and more than of just items. Because yeah. your generosity can go deeper than just material goods. Yeah. And it needs to be more than just material. Love and attention and compassion towards people. Because what does this world need? It needs compassion. It needs the love. It needs Christians to be generous with what they have. God has given us so much. God has died on the cross for our sins and He took my sins and my sorrows and my mistakes and my failures and He became sin for me so that He took my sins so that now I can show that generosity to other people what Christ did for me. But what would be the reason us not giving that? Because we're selfish? Because we want to... Because I, I, don't, I don't like them. I look what they're doing and look where they're going. No, <laughs> our generosity shouldn't stop based on what they're doing. Just like their generosity shouldn't have stopped because, well, <laughs> they're being chased by the enemy or that enemy's going to come back and get me. Yeah. Well, a lot of times we base our generosity based on, yeah, what's the temperature like? Oh, what am I going to get back? What, what am I going to get back? That's right. True love, true generosity like that. A gift, Christmas. Let's say you do Christmas and you do Christmas gift. Do you give a Christmas gift to get? If you are giving a gift, a true gift has no expectations on the other end. Right, that's right. And when God gave me salvation, guess what? The Bible says it's a gift. The gift of eternal life. He, he, he gave it to us. It's free. It's nothing. No strings attached. Right. No strings attached. <coughs> and a lot of times when we give to somebody, we want, what are they going to do back for me? Well, you think they'll do that for me too? Right? But these people, these, the, the, the group from Succoth and Penel, and I don't even know if I'm saying those two right, but... Those two towns, we ain't doing it. And so they didn't get to have a chance to see what happens when we give. Now, I will say this, and I've learned this too. You can't outgive God. You can't outgive Him. He makes gold. That's right. It is true. 
And, and I'm not just talking about money. Everything. God, you can't outgive him. Reasons to refuse. Man, oh man, that's a crazy deal. These people refused. Verse 6 and verse 8 tell us that the princes of Succoth and the people of Penel. Now, what happens when they refuse? God or Gideon gives them a reprimand for, being, for refusing. Look in verse 7. In verse number 7, the Bible says, And Gideon said, Therefore, when the Lord hath delivered Zebul and Zalmanah. Look, I love, I love what Gideon says here. He said, When the Lord brings those two men. When the Lord gets those two kings. Not if, but when. I love the faith that Gideon has in the Lord that he says, well, when we go get those kings and come back, he said, and I will tear your flesh with the thorns of the wilderness and with briars. So he immediately reprimands them for not giving when they know and they ought to have given. And they had the means to give. In verse number 9, And he spake also unto the men of Penel, saying, When I come again, I'll break down this tower. So to the men of, uh, of, um, of Succoth, he was going to bring back briars and, and thorns to, hit, to get them with. But in the men of Penel, he was going to knock down their tower. Look down in verse number 15, if you will. And he came unto the men of Succoth and said, Behold, Zeba and Zalmanah, with whom ye did upbraid me, saying, and upbraid means to reproach. He said, you, you, you said you ain't going to do it. You won't give. Look what he says. He said, saying, Are the hands of Zeba and Zalmanah now in thine hand? And we should give bread unto thy men that thou art weary. He said, okay. He said, I'm back. He said, I've got those two men. He said, in my hand, my men are weary and they need bread. He reprimands them for not giving and being generous with what God has given them. Wouldn't it be a scary thing that God would reprimand us for not being generous when God tells us to? Refusing to do what God tells them to do. Hmm. You ever... Got reprimanded as a kid? Oh, yeah. My dad was good at that. Was he good at that? Oh, he was good. <laughs> Did you get reprimanded for doing good or doing wrong? Doing wrong. Doing wrong? It didn't matter? <laughs> Were you bad all the time that you deserved it, Brother Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> There are times in our life we need to be reprimanded from God. Don't go there. Don't do that. Don't say that. Don't, don't be that. But when God told Gideon, I mean, I would, I would say that Gideon was speaking from the Lord 
when he said, hey, bud, you're not going to give. He said, when I come back through, I'm going to tear you up. And we're gonna, you're gonna rep, I'm going to reprimand you. This is your reprimand. See, they had an opportunity to do right, and they chose not to do right. And because they chose not to do right, God was going to reprimand them for it. If we choose not to do right, we will get reprimanded. The Bible says, uh, I think it's in 1 Corinthians, 1 to 2 Corinthians, but it talks about being God's child uh, and being and the, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Be times. Look, if I'm God's child, and if I'm not doing what he wants me to do, he's going to chasten me. He's going to whoop me, if you will. He's going to, to get me back in line and reprimand me until I'm doing right back where I'm supposed to do. We need to, if reprimand takes place in our life, we need to allow the Lord to reprimand us and take that reprimand. Too many times we know, we know better, right? God, you don't need to tell me nothing. I, I got this under control. I got this. But there are times we don't, and we need the reprimand so that God will put us right back into place. It's just like David's daddy. He told him, said, eat nothing today. Well, they go through that forest, and the honey is there. And everybody feared the oath that he had made. No one eats until I get my part. Mm -hmm. Then when David comes through there, he had not heard what his daddy had ordered. And he told him, said, the honey's here. Take a bite of it. And their eyes were open. So they had, you have to get fed from battle to battle. Okay? Right. And so the same with this particular case, these guys needed something to eat. That's right. You know, they were weary. Yeah. <clears throat> and they were faint yet pursuing. And I love, and the way I didn't talk about that Sunday, but. These men, they were faint yet pursuant. They never got the bread. But they never stopped fighting. And they never stopped pursuing until they got those two kings and they brought them back to Succoth and brought them back to Penel and took care of those men of Penel. And we'll read that in just a minute. But they did all of that before they even got sustenance. They did all that before they got bread. And so it is true. When we go through battles and we go through fights, we need to come back to the well. We need to come back to that, that bread, if you will, and, and get, to get that refreshed. to get refreshed because every one of us, we need refreshment. How refreshing it is when you're out in the hot sun to come in and get a nice cool glass of ice water. Yeah. Uh, me, I don't want soda pop. I don't want tea. I don't want, I don't want Gatorade when I'm hot. I want ice cold water because to me that's the most refreshing when it's hot when we've been in the battle any other thoughts or questions before we move on God Gideon's reprimand to the children of Israel for refusing any other thoughts yes now we're going to get to that repercussion that you were talking about just a few minutes ago Verse number 13. Verse 4 covers 
what he had already told them. But verse 13, well, let's go ahead and read 13 through 17, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that for a few minutes. But, uh, and Gideon, the son of Joash, returned from the battle. The sun was up. Whew, what a long day that was. His men were hungry and thirsty and tired and, and caught a young man of Succoth and uh, caught a young man of the men of Succoth and inquired of him and he described unto him the princes of Succoth and the elders thereof and even three score and 17 men. How many is that? 77, right? And he came unto the men of Succoth and, and said, Behold, Zeba and Zalma, whom ye did upbraid me, which I said that word reproach, uh, saying, Are the hands of Zeba and Zalamana? Now in thine hand that we should go, uh, should give bread unto thy men, that thou art weary. And he took the elders of the city and the thorns of the wilderness and the briars with them, and he taught the men of Succoth. What did he teach them? You, you better... Obey God. You better give when you ought to give. Verse, uh, verse uh, 17, and, uh, and he beat down the tower of Penel and slew the men of the city because they didn't do what they should have done. Isn't that scary? And that's scary. Just simply because they didn't do what they should have done. They paid for their sin. They, they had repercussion for their wrong. And we will face repercussion for our wrong. Why? And I, there's not an answer. I don't, I don't feel like there's a right or wrong answer. But why the harshness of the repercussion? Why do you think that the harshness, they just refused to give them bread? Which I understand that's a big deal. Because the men were hungry. They needed something. They were faint. They were, they were weary, as we read. Why, why the strict repercussion for not? being generous, not giving. Why do you think? I think maybe it's the selfishness. Some people get start getting more money and they want to keep the money instead of giving it. Mm -hmm. They don't realize when they give it, they get more money. <coughs> yeah. You can't outgive God. That's you can't. That's the that. Right. Not only just in money, but in blessings. You go out there and some guy runs into your car or something, you know, or or somebody backs up and your car takes off. I mean, just stuff like this, you're protected. You know, God protects you. If, you, if you're in your heart, you want to give because you know his workers need the money. God don't need the money at all, but his workers need the money to spread the word. Well, he's not only going to, you know, give you more money than you're giving. He's going to bless you. He will. could go bad. I, I could be chewing on, on, on a bone, bust my tooth, man, cost me a thousand bucks and get my tooth pulled out, you know? Yeah. I mean, something like that, you know? Right. It, it just, just the protection alone he gives you. God's protection. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Don't go back the way you feel. 
God's protection. But God's protection because we are right. God's protection because we do right. But why? Why the strict repercussion? I, to be honest, I, I don't have an answer. I, I, I don't know why. why. Why would God kill them? Get rid of them? I mean, I mean because they refused to give, to, because they refused to be generous, because they had it and they didn't give. I mean, that, to me, that's strict. I mean, it, go back and beat them with those briars and those thorns and, and then kill them yeah. and tear down the tower. I mean, well, why, why that strict punishment? Yeah? Touch not the anointed. Right, right. You know, you go back, put the back here whenever they came down the mount, uh, you know, where the Moses came back, and who's going to be lined up? Who wants to be on the Lord's side? And who, what did he do with the ground? Uh, mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. And the ground closed back up. Yeah. Yeah. But <clears throat> my thoughts here, Gideon was doing what God instructed him yes. to do. He was following God's orders. Yeah. yeah. And I believe God told him to get rid of those men, Penel uh, 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 pen, or whatever. However you say it, right. Yeah. And, uh, and kill them. Yeah. Because they refused to help my people. Mm -hmm. yeah. Get rid of them. Yeah. Yeah. I poured salt in there. Uh, scratches. <laughs> well, if you think about that, um, you think about the repercussion from just that situation. Um, you know, God, just kill them from Penel. Kill all those men and bring back the, th the thorns and the briars and beat those men from, from Succoth and Tear down the tower and... The men started to learn a lesson. Yes, they did. And he taught them. What did he teach them? He, teach, he taught them that they ought to obey God. <laughs> I mean, that's right. That's right. And, and I guarantee you, next time that anybody came through there and needed some help, they helped them. They helped them. When they had the availability to help, yeah, they yeah, were able to. Yeah. Put everything in, in place. Yeah. And everything, you know? Yeah. Now, can you imagine I don't, the way they feel in hell right now? Mm. Why they didn't do the right thing in the first place? Yeah, and yeah. that's where they are. Right. Well, I mean, you think about you think about um, the rich man and Lazarus. I mean, the moment the the Laz I mean, the rich the rich man was in hell. He immediately began to say, "Hey, go to my brother's house." Yeah, right. You know, um, at, at that point, it's too late. You know, you look at this. You look at this situation here in the scriptures. We see that these men. They suffer the consequences because they didn't do what God said. And you come forward to where we are now. Guess what? We're going to face the same consequences if we don't do what God wants us to do. If God puts in our heart to do something, if God, hey, hey, uh, be generous. Uh, okay, well, let's do it. I, I don't know how it always will work out or what's going to happen or whatever. But if God's doing that and working on our heart, then who am I to say, nope, I ain't doing that. I ain't doing that. I ain't going to do that. No way. But these men, they refused to listen. And God taught them a lesson. I do not want to be taught that lesson. 
I do not want to be taught that lesson. You know, this is the last chapter of Gideon. I'm going to end with the story of his life. And you know, the God that's here in the Old Testament. That's right. The same God that's in the New Testament. That's right. Oh, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. And he ain't changed. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. And we'll face the same repercussions. It may not be with briars and thorns, but, but we'll face the same consequences. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Listen to that. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to Him. Allow Him to speak to you and move accordingly. Amen. All right. Any other thoughts or questions before we close? We have the reason for the refusal, the reprimand, and then the repercussion. I prayed to the Lord that I don't have a repercussion because I refuse to listen when God tells me to give. Amen. Anybody else? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I